Hey everyone, I'm Claire. And I'm Emma. And this is That's What She Said, the podcast. We have a great episode for you today. And remember, as always, any stories mentioned are not intended to harm or discourage those involved. We are not medical professionals. These are just our educated opinions. Hey, gorgeous. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing awesome. First episode of season two. Welcome back to season two. That's what she said. Crushing the game. Back and better than ever. Amen. And that's what counts. (laughs) And we are back with a banger this week. We're talking about Bo Burnham's Inside cultural phenomenon. (laughs) We're also diving into like dissociative uh, issues, how to fix them, how to feel better in your own body. We're crushing the game today. Yes, this is going to be the cultural critique of Inside that you've been waiting for, because no one's talked about it yet, so we kind of thought we would break the ice with that. Oh, yeah. It hasn't been done before. Immaculate, no. show-stopping, fantastic. We are breaking the ice here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to start by going over some of your play-by-play that you have? Oh, yeah, I have a bunch, if we're being honest. My neurotic ass sat down, rewatched it, and took notes. Um, but you know what? It's for your benefit, so. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> let, me, let me see what we have. Oh, the first thing that I actually caught on from TikTok um, was his derealization metaphors. And, like, the, de- the, the dissociation, yep. the depersonalization. So, I think. The first one that he did was the, um, like, the game of his life, where he feels like he's playing the game of his life, and all he can do is either, like, play the piano or cry, like, that. Yeah. That was one. And the second was in the intermission, when he was, like, wiping down the pane of glass, because, obviously, Claire, you and I know, like, most of you with dissociative disorders, like, when you are, like, deep personalizing or you know you have derealization you feel like you're watching your life through a pane of glass so for him Mm -hmm. at intermission to like wipe it down and clean that pane of glass absolutely sent me I thought that was so cool I think it also kind of reflected like when you are in a depersonalized state you kind of like forget about things that are like important and then when you clean the glass you're like oh my gosh I've neglected this part of my life I've neglected like even the basic stuff like showering or talking to your friends and you like see it and you're like how have I neglected this for so long now it's clear to me I should have been doing it all the time but when the glass was dirty you just didn't notice exactly um and I don't know if anyone else picked up on this but when that segment of him playing the game started the company that created it was SSRI Interactive so like SSRI, for those of you who don't know, is uh, another word for antidepressant, like selective yeah. serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Um, so I thought that was hilarious. His little yeah, like, that was funny. SSRIs. I thought that was so good. Um, something else that I really admire from Bo Burnham that honestly I haven't really thought of, and I I haven't seen my own um, involvement in this issue, but kids having like free range access to the internet. Yeah. And that's something we want to talk about in more detail on um, in a future episode. But it is like Mm -hmm. when he talks about having like um, a mental disorder later in life because of all this media consumption like that made me think about myself. 
like how much of my own time and brain space is being used in my little phone yeah I totally agree and I obviously you and I Claire like we were raised with our phones Mm -hmm. in our hands with our eyes in our hands like we yeah my parents weren't checking up on what I was doing not that I was doing anything stupid but you know I would get dms from strangers you know Mm -hmm. me as like a 10 year old kid like I would see all these older teenage girls with their like developed teenage bodies and be like I need that I'm 10 years old Mm -hmm. but I need to be developed and sexy like that's yeah we'll dive into it in another episode but but that it's a lot (laughs) yeah it it is a lot makes the brain Uh... juices (laughs) yeah gets gets my brain gears clunking yeah yeah those are the most significant ones that I have. Claire, I know you have one that you want to dive into. Yeah. Well, I kind of, what I took away from it was, because he does kind of intersperse well between talking about social issues, talking about mm-hmm. himself, talking yeah. about, like, like I'm a special kind of white guy. Like, he is yeah. very aware exactly. of his social location. And the whole thing and- is super metacognizant, yeah. Yeah, but I thought something that was really good was White Woman's Instagram, that song. Yes. (laughs) And it's not a song I would see myself liking because I generally hate the setup of joke where it's just a man making fun of women. I Because I'm like, why? But the thing I liked about it is it wasn't like, haha, women like Instagram. He Mm -hmm. interspersed really well with the statue of the Buddha, with the dream catcher from Urban Outfitters. He wasn't making a joke at women's expense so much as he was making a commentary about white women being racist like men in different ways. Yeah, like cultural appropriation and the different ways that that shows up in media because that was his whole commentary. And I thought that was like really, really interesting. I agree. And I've heard so many different things about this song. I've heard so many different people's perspectives about how, you know, Bo Burnham is an asshole. He's making fun of women. He's sexist. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. I, I don't, for me, I don't think the song, the song takes that tone at all. To me, mm-hmm. it was like you said, a hundred percent about making a commentary about how women, yeah. like there's all this cultural appropriation, the, the, what was it? The Lord of the Rings quote, um, inappropriately yeah. attributed to Martin Luther Martin King. Martin Luther King. Um, where he shows up in like a headdress at one point, mm-hmm. not like a proper headdress, but like more appropriation. Yeah. And and yeah, I, that's what I think the song is to me at least. It's absolutely a commentary. And I think to tie it back to before, like thinking about. Um, a free range internet access like some of the other stuff is about like how fake social media is like because when you see them like you and i have done these extremely contrived photo shoots and like i'm just (laughs) having fun taking a picture but then when i'm seeing a man do it because it's not something we see every day i realize yeah this is really like you're just like going out of your way to like take a weird picture that doesn't actually reflect what your life is like and it's like that juxtaposition that like really puts it in the forefront like how weird instagram culture is yeah um i don't remember the exact quote from bo burnham but he essentially said like you know there are two questions that we're constantly asking you know 
who are you like what do you look like or like what do you look yeah. like and, and what are you doing you know what do you look like and yeah. what are you doing what do you look like and what are you yeah. doing and Instagram yeah. is this constant carousel of that question being asked and answered and asked and answered and like he yeah. said like everyone's their own publicist everyone's doing their own PR and it's just constant constant you know content worth of yeah. this is what I look like this is what I'm doing and it's just it's never ending yeah it's like yeah. all the like trend cycles like mm-hmm. some of the pictures are like oh a latte art and I'm like mm-hmm. well that kind of seems kind of 2018 and then I think about it yeah 2018 is two and a half years ago like that's not yeah. that long ago but internet like internet culture has made these trend cycles speed up so much like everyone yeah. is always trying to like be on the next bell curve and do the next yeah. new thing but it's especially not actually because the they're creative yeah. especially in the pandemic how yeah. many trend cycles have there been like it's crazy so town if we jumped mm-hmm. into tiktok trend cycles and like the whole world of tiktok like building a trend and then it dying and building a trend and dying it's literally never ending if we started recording a podcast by the time we ended it we'd be in a new tiktok trend cycle that is literally <laughs> it's like every yeah. three days there's something else there there's another trend going on and they're not always what's the word i'm looking for they're not always good do you yeah. remember the um the mugshot trend where everyone's yes. like putting makeup on to pretend that yeah. they've been like you know i just think domestic violence is really funny yeah. yeah exactly and you know they're oh, putting well. all these like you know all this makeup on to replicate like being beaten up and then they have like their mug mugshot taken and then that was the trend you know it was the mugshot yeah. trend for what sure is that? why how is that like yeah that is not based in any reality yeah, the other thing i, totally I thought agree. was interesting is how it portrays being at rock bottom and like mm-hmm how on one hand the rock bottom like it created this like beautiful art but Mm -hmm. then it's also kind of interesting to see that like he was at rock bottom he was at an atl all-time low yeah exactly making a netflix special and i crushed it by the way (laughs) he he did an awesome job but it is interesting commentary on like you see people live streaming their breakdowns on tiktok and how mental illness has also become like a part of media and something to be like broadcasted rather than it is in essence a very personal experience yeah I totally agree and to me I I think there is a difference between um seeking help through social Mm -hmm. media and seeking um guidance and support through social media versus as we've talked about in what was it episode eight or nine of last season we talked about um like self-diagnosis yeah and the dangers of you know people on on tiktok you know giving all these bits of advice about healthcare, where you know it's not really their place to do so so i i think it is it's a very fine line we're walking between you know a yeah for sure your breakdown on tiktok and b actually getting help where you need it yeah, for sure. And, like, obviously, he's an adult, and he knows mm-hmm. how to deal with this. But I'm thinking yeah. for teens who are doing this in the same way, like, it yeah. can be really harmful. So, like, 
he mm-hmm. kind of walks that fine line of like obviously mental illness has always been related to art yeah but he does it so beautifully and so he meta does. and it's amazing I agree I totally agree and I know when I was a kid like my my brain's not fully developed yet I don't understand what's going on like yes I do have mental health issues I do have these these symptoms mm-hmm. that are dramatically impacting my life but yeah you know, a 12-year-old broadcasting on TikTok about having a breakdown, I'm sorry, is not the same as Bo Burnham creating a proper special on Netflix, bringing awareness, bringing light to it, you know? Mm -hmm. And even with, um, there was a couple things he did that really hit home for me. The first one was um, when he... How do I explain this to those who haven't seen Inside by Bo Burnham? Um, If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's amazing. Go watch it, please, and thank you. Not sponsored, but, like, make it happen. Um, Yeah. So, younger Bo Burnham, um, like, midway through the special, he recorded a bit about how he doesn't think that suicide would benefit him, like, benefit him in any way. He doesn't think that it's, you know, uh, a solid way for him to go. He understands that, like there are more things to live for and, and such and such. And then you see the older Bo Burnham, you know, with his longer beard and his longer hair. And he's projecting these words onto his chest as he's like mm-hmm. scrolling through his phone, clearly yeah. in some state of disarray. And yeah. that I thought that was just, that's so powerful. I'm like, look at Boko. Yeah. Um, I thought that juxtaposition between the beginning of yeah. The special versus the end was so because I like a few weeks ago, I was really thinking about like the pandemic and everyone's getting mm-hmm. vaccinated now. I want it to be over. And then I was yes. thinking, like, I want things to go back to normal. And then I thought in the last 16 months, my life has changed so much. There is no normal to go back to. Yeah. Like my exactly. pa- my pre-pandemic life like doesn't exist anymore. I was in high school. Exactly, I lived yeah. at home like that person who had that life like I've changed so much and like that was kind of like profound for me to think that like Mm -hmm. I can learn from that and I'm excited for things to be reopened but like I can never go back to like pre-pandemic who I was yeah and that might not be a bad thing but it does give you whiplash 110 percent and yeah I I saw a meme the other day that was like oh, well, one day we're high school seniors and then we blink and all of a sudden we're sophomores in college. And, like, what yeah. happened to us yeah. in this pandemic time? Like, yeah, oh, it is. It's so wild. That was the other thing about the the where he's, like, playing the game of his life is it's, like, mm-hmm. it does feel like we've been suspended in time. But it's been, like, over 110%. a year and life goes on. And, like, yeah, it's crazy, but yep. it's also kind of beautiful to have had this like year to like reflect obviously the pandemic is awful but like yes but no I totally agree there there has been growth 110 percent. there's no way you can go through a year and a half two years worth of a whole fucking global pandemic without Mm -hmm. having personal growth without having some sort of change and juxtaposition between who you were and who you are now and honestly I yeah it's it's a beautiful thing yeah so do you want to go into the more practical tips? 110%. I am ready for it. So 
if you're not Bo Burnham and you cannot create a Netflix special out of your <laughs> pandemic breakdown, I Go thought we club. could share some more practical things that we can do to like mm-hmm. deal with bad mental health episodes. Because I think, yes, I mean, it's a mood, it's a vibe. Everyone does goes through it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we have we have some good things written down. Claire, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so the first thing is, like, harm reduction, which is something that, like, I use in my life, which is, like, okay, if you're rock bottom, like, you're not mm-hmm. going to get up at 6 a.m. to go for ATL. a run. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, okay, maybe can I wake up at 9 a.m. instead of noon? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, how can I make a little improvement to, like, start my day a little earlier and then kind of just ease my way? into not having like a full life devastating episode yeah yeah I totally agree and I I remember reading up on this one therapist and her thoughts basically were you know about harm reduction in in our society we are so focused about doing things 100% 100% get it done 100% that when we are in depressed states or we're not in the mental health state to be mm-hmm. doing things 110%, we figure we might as well just not do them. Because if we can't do right. them 100% or 110%, then what's the point? Um, yeah. But she was saying there's there's all these funky little ways that we can we can hack our brain into getting us to do things. Like one of her patients um, struggled to take showers because she hated looking at herself in the mirror. So mm-hmm. the therapist said, shower with the lights off. Yeah. You know, cover the mirrors if you have to, you know? Yeah. Um. You know, if you can't bear to bring yourself to do the dishes so you're not eating, just eat on plastic plates and then check yeah. them out. You know, we, yeah. we have to make little sacrifices sometimes. And and I totally agree. Even if we can't do things 100%, we can always use harm reduction and we can always do things 80%, 50%, even 20%. You know, doing something yeah. at all is better than doing nothing. For sure. That's, like, my therapist has taught me radical acceptance, which is, like, when you're in that spot, it's, like, I can't accept myself, expect myself to go back to 100%. So, it's, like, Mm -hmm. instead of beating yourself up for already being upset, just be, like, okay, this is what I'm experiencing right now. I accept it. I accept the things I can't change. And... And then reducing that element of like the shame and the guilt and the I could be doing yes. more and the woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah. yeah. It makes it easier to like check the facts, look at what the situation is and yeah. how can I gradually make this better? Yeah. Um, and I, for our older listening demographic, I know there's a lot of yeah. people here that are you know, yeah. 40 plus, 50 plus that like to listen. Um, so my parents are in that category. And, you know, my parents, my bosses at work, I see this, this common thread where when I ask them how their day is going, you know, they can say, oh, well, I picked up the groceries, I did the laundry, I did this, this and this, but I didn't get this one thing done. So I had a really unproductive day. Yeah. And everyone out there listening, whether you're five or 50, doing anything at all makes it a productive day. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's a fact. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I think it's interesting um, for people who grew up in an era where mental health information wasn't as accessible. Oh, it was not. It was not. To be like, because 
like I see that in my parents too where I'll be like I notice all these like coping strategies that they figured out for themselves and I'm like that's so interesting to be like um they didn't have all the resources that we grew up having Mm -hmm. and so it is it is kind of a blessing to grow up even though we can talk about media oversaturation it's a blessing and a curse I guess yeah um you know as Dr. Ian said in Jurassic Park life finds a way like so I, I, I find it so fascinating how, like, Claire, you and I can have the exact same mental health issues as our parents, but yeah. you and I have, you know, we've had this opportunity to make so much more progress because of people like Bo Burnham who are willing to talk about it and be vocal yeah. about it. And I, yeah. that's something I'm trying to help my parents with is yeah. helping them understand that being anxious is not it's how do I explain this it's not against your character to be anxious Mm -hmm. you know for you to have mental health issues that makes you human doesn't make you weak yeah it makes you human and so I've I've been doing my best personally to to help my parents with those Um, yeah I think there is a big element of like shame a hundred percent when like I know even myself like when you like are able to talk about stuff and you're like oh I'm not the only person on earth who experiences this like so you know okay so the last tip I wanted um yeah I'm excited to hear about this one okay so this is for one when you're in a panic attack state or an anxiety attack and it's called tip um which stands for temperature intense exercise paced breathing which is like deep breaths and paired muscle relaxation which is where you like tense your feet and then your calf and then your thigh and then your stomach and then your arms and then you clench your fists and the rationale behind this is if you are having an anxiety attack you're in your head so you want to have an intense physical sensation like drinking something really cold going on a brisk walk taking deep breaths to bring you out Mm -hmm. of your head and into your physical body yes I totally that's that's amazing that's a very good yeah remember and it's also good because you don't have to do these things in a dramatic show-stopping way yeah like you are able to do these things sitting at your desk when you're at work Mm -hmm. or at school you know if you're in a crowd and all of a sudden you feel anxious do some paired muscle relaxation. Get yourself out of your yeah. head into your body. I think that's so yeah. cool. That's such a cool thing. Yeah. And even it can be like, okay, I'm feeling really angry right now. Let me take a sip of cold water and then see yeah. how I feel after that. It's like, exactly. let me take 10 deep breaths and then see how I feel. Yeah. Like it is, um, you know, preventative medicine in a certain way. Yeah. These, these tips have been absolutely amazing. And I remember back when I was in therapy, when I was in counseling with my, my first counselor, um, she gave me a chart to fill out whenever I felt anxious to get me out Mm -hmm. of my head and, you know, get these thoughts on paper. But I found that I was really struggling with the exercise. I wasn't really under, I wasn't really connecting with it. And so I I told Mm -hmm. her that and she said, okay, so when you're filling out this chart, what would you rate your anxiety on a scale of one to 10? Like, are you feeling mm-hmm. at a five? Are you panicking? Are you at a 10? Where are we? And it was usually at like a seven or an eight. And she explained to me that when, you know, you're rating your anxiety on a scale of one to 10, if your anxiety is seven or above, 
you are mm-hmm. not at a point mentally to talk yourself down. That's right. why you have to use tip, you know, T-I-P-P. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that to me was something so radical. I had never thought about that. Like, if it's a six or below, then yes, I can, I can sit back and I can take a deep breath and I can think, okay, what is making me anxious and how can I fix this? But if you're at a seven or above, that's when tip comes into play. And I think that is so, right. so cool. Yeah. And I think um, having that kind of validation of being like, I know I've experienced this, like hearing from someone else, from a counselor, from mm-hmm. a family member, mm-hmm. being like, yeah, this is really intense for you. And that can be really validating. 110%. Because it normalizes it. Yes. All right. Thanks to our Already god, Bo Burnham, for that. Yeah. <laughs> our godly husband, Bo Burnham. <laughs> my baby yeah all right, I think are we gonna call it for episode one of season two if that's what she yeah. said thank you it. so much for tuning in remember to follow Absolutely. us on twitter twss underscore podcast underscore instagram at that's what she said dot claire dot emma and emails at twss claire and emma at gmail.com to tell us what you want to hear about 110 percent. I couldn't be more excited Claire, I will see you around. See you around. Bye.